Hey guys, it's Dan here, and I just want to let you guys know that we have a brand new Patreon for any one of you guys to support us in any way you can. We have tiers that $1, $5, $10, $20 level. And honestly, we all love doing what we do. We promise to never make our podcast hide behind a paywall. But if you want to get your podcast ad-free, so basically you want to not hear this before every show, go ahead and go on to patreon.com slash ngpproductions and see if there's a tier that you like. And yes, there's Discord benefits. So please check it out. perfect podcast for all things gaming i'm your host daniel and your co-host antonio now uh, i'm introducing myself as daniel this week because well guys we have a very special episode to kick off season four of the podcast uh we've been kind of working behind the scenes here to get this next guest on for a bit and let me tell you me and antonio i've been freaking out all week when we found out this was happening oh yeah i've i've been I I don't remember how it started. I just remember wanting to shoot my shot and it happened. And uh, since that moment, I was absolutely giddy uh, just because, uh, I mean, where where do I even start, you know, uh, for, well, for this? We should probably way. start off by introducing our guest. That's probably a good, a good way to you are it. You are absolutely right. Uh, today, we are starting off season four with an amazing amazing guest the lead translator of sega uh who has worked on not just yakuza 6 but our favorite game of 2020 yakuza like a dragon mr dan sunstrom hi how's it going yeah so um by the time this episode's coming out me and antonio have already well been yakuza 7 so we are already riding that high right now Right, that's, that's great news. <laughs> yeah, at the, so, at the time at the time of recording, Dan, I believe you've you've beaten it, and mm-hmm. I am on like the second to last chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I wasn't gonna. I want to start off things a little bit uh, casual. So, Dan, let me ask you: What have you guys? What have you been playing recently? What games kind of caught your attention right now? Um. So, um, what with quarantine uh, going on all this year um i actually actually um threw down on a uh vr headset um, i got the the valve index earlier this year and um i was playing half-life alex i don't know if you guys have uh gotten into vr at all yet but man that game is just uh fantastic i watched a couple of friends play uh play and stream half-life alex and i gotta say it's every, with every new like major vr game gets released it gets more and more tempting <laughs> tell me about it yeah like this is like really like the first game that's kind of sold me on the concept of vr um because like it's it's been like built from the ground up like for vr like it like it isn't just like half-life but in vr like they just like like they totally re reconceptualize what it means to kind of like make a half-life game in vr and, and just like the the amount of work and like game design that has gone into this 
game, uh, just uh, building up the, the whole experience is just like phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah, that really feels like uh, they've kind of set the bar of what a VR game should be, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, exactly how I feel. Like really, like any other game I play in VR is going to kind of have that as um, yeah, like it, like you said, it really um, set the bar for what what can be done and really where the medium should be going from here, in my opinion. So, Daniel, you're the... Dan, I'm Daniel in this recording. <laughs> um, you're the lead uh, translator for so um, for Sega. Um, what was your first job as a translator? Kind of like, can it give us a breakdown of your career? So, uh, my very first job, um, I guess that would have been uh, right after I graduated college uh, in about... It was 2011. Um, didn't really have a clear... Uh, path that I wanted to, to follow. I, I just knew I wanted to get into game translation eventually. Um, and the first thing I kind of found to just kind of uh, sink my teeth into some sort of translation was uh, this uh, freelance kind of uh, crowdsource translation site uh, called Gengo. Um, I think yeah. it's, uh, it's still running. I think it was called um, My Gengo back then. But um, basically, it's just like a, a site where um, anyone who wants uh, things translated can just like throw throw some text up there and then uh any any of the registered translators can just kind of grab it um and uh translate it and uh, send it back you know it's not 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 super high paying but um it let me kind of get my feet wet kind of see, see see what it was like have something to put on my resume um then i could uh i mean i guess my first um more my first like official job where I was like hired specifically uh, for translation was um so I I, uh, I lived in lived in Japan for a few years um and mm -hmm. while I was there I managed to um uh come into contact with um a guy who was um just kind of starting to uh start up a, a kind of small small translation house in uh, uh Tokyo um and so I worked there for uh a couple years um, we were mostly working on uh, uh, mobile games, like mobile, um, like dating sim kind of things. Um, so that was a really, really interesting experience. Kind of not, not only translating, but I was also kind of like managing. Um, like we would we would get get jobs in, and I would kind of decide which of our translators like uh, send it out to. Hmm. And um, so you would you would work on um, like mobile visual, like you said it was visual novels. Yeah, like uh, Otome games. If you're familiar with uh, the genre, it's mm. definitely in our like in our in our radar. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, how did you come to work at Sega? So, um, after I've been living in, in, in Japan for a few years, I was kind of feeling like um, I wanted to move back to the states for uh, various reasons. Um, and you know, I knew that there were uh, a lot of um, well, I, I knew that um, Atlas uh, had a had a very good reputation for uh, a localization, and so I um, mm -hmm. figured I would just kind of um, kind of all or nothing uh, give uh, get, uh, uh, give that a shot, um, and I I, I I managed to make it in. Um, and as you, uh, I'm, I'm sure, aware, um, Atlas, uh, I, I think like just before I uh, entered, entered the company, was uh, purchased by Sega. 
um and so now they're just like a, a, a subsidiary at this point but um yeah um, i've gotten to work on like a shimigami tensei 4 apocalypse uh, persona 5 um and then uh more more recently so, so more of the uh sega uh, ips like like hero chronicles and yakuza of course so it's just been a really really cool experience man that's that's amazing that you kind of start off from like what is essentially fan tra- what what feels like fan translation to working with atlas one of the most like popular names in terms of like importing in and localization localizing like popular japanese game that's that's really am- fascinating man yeah it was really just kind of like a like a right place right time uh, kind of thing you know you can, you can never really uh orchestrate these kind of things it just really just depends on what the what this is what the conditions in the industry are and that's so you know people who are kind of like kind of looking to f- follow in those footsteps like how long did you study study japanese before you kind of even got your first feet, before you even got your feet in the water so i studied in college for uh all four years of my undergraduate degree mm-hmm. um and then i kind of took a year off um as i was trying to figure out what to do and uh, i found this um uh this program in uh japan that was like kind of um the university I went to, uh, the University of Michigan, um, kind of like co-sponsors this uh, institute in, in in Japan for like advanced uh, Japanese instruction, um, and so I decided to apply there and uh, managed to uh, get accepted. And um, so I did that for that, that was like a like a year long program. And oh my god, like I thought I knew a pretty good amount of Japanese coming out of college, and that just showed me that I knew like nothing. <laughs> like I, I learned. Hey, can you repeat that last it, part? It, oh, um, felt like I knew like so much Japanese coming out of college, but um, during doing their program showed me that I knew like almost nothing. Um, so like it, it was essentially like a, a full school curriculum, but like only Japanese. So like going into school and just like studying Japanese for like five six hours a day, and then you go home and do Japanese homework. And then you do it all over the next day um so yeah. it's really intense but like so educational um i my, my jet that, that was what, what really kind of put me at a level where i, where I really felt like i was i was going to be capable of, of doing what what the uh, job would uh, entail um so i guess to, to go back to your question of um how 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 can someone who's trying to get into the industry get here um i mean Study Japanese a lot. Um, I, I don't think there's any one path that is going to guarantee you uh, a job here. Everyone kind of has to take their own path. Um, mm-hmm. I know certain people are very comfortable and good at, at self-teaching. Personally, that's not one of my strong skills. I, I feel like if I didn't have, mm. if I hadn't found like an, an official um, educational path to get there, that I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, mm. So. Yeah, it's really just about finding finding what what learning style is best for you, and uh, just go for it. I, I'll also like once you once you have a pretty uh, solid foundation of the language, just like start reading things in Japanese. Start play play games in Japanese. Read read manga, read books, anything you can get your hands on, because there's so much that you can just kind of pick up by just like osmosis, like words that you would never have come across otherwise you'll you'll find in, in, in things that you're reading 
and then you never know when that's going to come up kind of in the in the line of work like you can you can never be totally prepared for, for something you, you, you're going to be translating because some words will just totally come out of left field and you just have to be able to handle that it sounds like you know for, for most people it's like putting in that extra effort will make all the difference yeah i think that's that's really what it comes down to Okay, so before I kind of pass it off to Antonio, I guess, you know, just for curiosity's sake, what brought in this interest in learning Japanese and, you know, what, what, brought, what brought that on for you? You know, it really goes back to um, video games. I've been of a course. Huge, <laughs> yeah, game player all, all my life. Um, and like ever since I kind of like found out that a lot of my favorite games came from Japan, you know, like all the, all the Nintendo games, um, it kind of like... And like especially when I when I found out that there were games that like came out in Japan but didn't come out in English, I was like, "Whoa, what are these like mysterious games that like I don't have access to?" <laughs> um, and so that, that that just kind of like put put a spark there in the back of my mind um, that kind of was dormant for a long time because I didn't uh, I didn't really think that that was like going to be a viable career path. Um, and for my first couple years in college I was um, pursuing a uh, computer science degree I wanted to be a programmer like a, like a game programmer I, I always wanted to be in the industry uh, in some way or another mm-hmm. um, but ultimately programming while it is fascinating it is just a little too much for me mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh it's a lot to wrap your head around and I was I was taking Japanese at the same time because I was still interested in learning the language and I found that I was enjoying that much more and it was mm-hmm. coming to be much more naturally. So I decided to change my major and the rest is history. They get us as kids and next thing you know, they got us for life, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Antonio? As as somebody who was, actually kind of did the opposite where I did a little bit of Japanese in college and uh, majored in computer science, I, I absolutely feel you. Oh, fascinating. I've I've like heard of several um, other translators who started in computer science and uh, kind of uh, transferred midway to, to Japanese, but I haven't heard of anyone uh, going the other way. So that's really interesting. Mm. Don't get me wrong; right. you, you could still be speak Japanese way better than I can. So <laughs> I need to I need to hit the books again, actually learn more. So I have to ask: so like, what was it like having the Yakuza franchise like make that jump from? the English text only localization, you know, where you only have like the menus and the text in Yakuza 0 through Yakuza 6 uh, to just a full on English dub, uh, like in Judgment and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh my God, where do I start? (laughs) Um, So obviously there's a lot of discourse going on about, you know, subs versus dubs. I'm not really, I'm not going to get into that. here, but uh, I think like before we start that, I just want to say like me, me and Antonio both stream the game. I played it in English. He played in Japanese. As somebody played the game in English, I just want to give a cute clap to you, your your team. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. That really means a lot because um when we started doing Judgment, we really uh we really not sure how how it was gonna go. Um, as you are aware, um the Yakuza series didn't have a dub uh, ever since like the uh um, the, the PS2 very first on, on, on PS2, in, right? Yeah, um, so we had a lot of uh, kind of trepidation as to, um, I mean, for, for, for starters, let, let me just just to kind of paint a picture of what was going on at the time. When we started localization, we weren't actually even sure whether it, it was going to have a dub or not. It was kind of still under under discussion. Um, and now what I think some people don't realize about doing a dub for a game is that like the way you 
right to the game has to be like kind of different. Like, I'm, I'm mm. sure you're aware for, for, for the Yakuza games, um, we try to stay generally pretty pretty close to, to what's going on um, in the Japanese just to kind of deliver that like authentic experience of um, you know this, this this Japanese piece of media. But um, when mm. you're when you're writing a game for sub versus dub, like some some things that sound okay as a subtitle or just as like a text box don't really like sound that good when you when you say them out loud so it, it kind of changes the entire angle that you approach the localization from because now like everything has to has to be has to kind of go through this lens of like what is this going to sound like when someone actually actually says it um out loud um and it's and, and that issue just gets compounded when you get to like um the uh adr scenes um or if uh for people not familiar with the with the lingo that's like uh, any scenes where you're having to actually match the mouth movements that are, that are going on on screen because um we were able to in uh like a dragon to redo all the um all the mouth movements for the to, to match the english voiceover but on judgment hmm. uh we not had that, and so we were having to, uh, you know, scrutinize every every single cutscene and like match match the writing to the uh, the Japanese mouth movements, which is like. Luckily, a, a, as a translator, I was not really the one having to do that. Um, that's like the job of the editors, and they they did a fantastic job with that, in my opinion. Um, but it's is not an easy task, and we got some fantastic actors who managed to really um, kind of kind of sell that, uh, mm -hmm. in my experience. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, a. it was, there were a lot of like complications kind of getting to the finish line, but it was a, a really rewarding process to kind of bring that to life and then see, um, the reactions people have had. Like you, you uh, honestly, like, yeah, like, what, 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 uh, when you, when you said you, you really enjoyed it, like that just kind of like validates all, all the work that went into, into bringing that to completion. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I know it really does show because, um, you know, obviously kind of just the elephant in the room, there was that one sub story that made like the Kotaku rounds of the uh, guy, the foreigner where who apparently was speaking English. And you made that really just fantastic wink, fourth wall breaking joke of like Jiban looking at the camera and giving that like thumbs up pose, like that's kind of what i wanted if you guys were going to do a yakuza english dub and i'm so glad you did it oh yeah that's that's such a great example um and we we were like racking our heads for a long time trying to figure out how we're going to deal with this because like like the entire joke was that he's speaking in english and if you just have him speak <laughs> english in english it's like there's no joke there um yes. <laughs> but then scott scott swirkhardt um i'm sure you know know him on twitter uh the uh, uh localization producer for, for the yakuza series he just had this kind of uh, flash of inspiration, like what if we just had him like turn to the camera and wink, um, and we just kind of like tossed it over to the devs, like, hey, can you like, can you do this? Like, have it be different in the in the English version? And they're and they're like surprisingly on board with it. Like they're, they're like, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, were scenes like that, uh, and this and the changes he made in general to the English version of the game. Were there things that had to be approved by the original team, or was it? Did you guys almost like free, have free reign to change ideas off it? Uh, yeah, there there wasn't really much in the way of um, approvals. Um, there, mm -hmm. 
the uh, developers, the uh, Re Re uh, uh, RGG Studios, um, they're they're very, I don't want to say like laid back, but they're but they're very. Uh, I guess like they they trust us to handle the, the localization well. Like they've seen how how well the uh, the games have been received over here, um, and so they they pretty much just leave us to our own devices um, and uh, let us make whatever choices we feel um, are right for the game. And I think that kind of goes a long way in um, why why it's been been so successful over here. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned though, like how it started off with judgment. Was there a push to like bring it to an English dub, or was that something that was been brewing, or what kind of made it, what brought that decision about? Um, so Yakuza Zero kind of um brought Yakuza back into the the spotlight a bit in the mm -hmm. West, um, and so uh, ever since then, um, we've just kind of been working on you know like how can we how can we build the brand, how can we reach more users, and eventually they just kind of got, got to a point to to like some some people for for some people not having a dub is kind of a deal breaker. Um, and so in order to kind of, to reach that audience, the, the only logical, uh, answer was we need to put a dub in it. Um, and what's, what's, <laughs> what's incredible about the whole thing is that Scott was in this situation of having to, of, of potentially either having to like not have a dub and forsake potential sales or put in a dub and like risk this kind of localization style that he'd built up over the past several games um, because uh, as i said you, you can't just like write the same the same way as you did in the in, in the uh japanese audio only games um mm -hmm. and then because scott is just a boss he's like why don't we just do both we'll have an english dub and also have a different japanese subtitle track um that like stays stays closer and like a little more faithful to, to the japanese audio um which is like an insane decision to make but it was it was the right thing for the product and like i don't think anyone had ever really done that before and so there's no like process for doing that that like it added a whole bunch of like complexity to, to the localization process but it ended up being being really cool that we, we were able to do that and so now players can choose you know which which experience do, do they want to me like me personally speaking, it definitely helps for the streaming community, especially because from what I've been told from my like uh, viewers, they'd like to listen to my stream as they're doing something else. So the fact that you guys added an English dub made it perfect for not just me, but for my uh, viewers. So I, I do feel like that was definitely the right decision to make. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I can't, I, as I'm like kind of more, more on like, uh, the ground level, I don't know whether they were, uh, Taking taking streams into account, but that is definitely a, a, a very good point. Mm -hmm. uh, Antonio, you got another question? Um, so, for uh, just just going back to like your your work, not just in uh, in the dubs of Judgment and Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, but also in Zero through Six. And I know this is going to be a really big breath to cover. But do you happen to have like a particular scene or event in the Yakuza series that like just sticks out to you as like one of your favorite scenes to localize? Uh, that's always a tough one. 
especially because like after i finish a project it's all just like kind of a blur to me and i'm like what <laughs> what even happened for that like year of my life um mm -hmm. are we uh are we cool with like a dragon spoilers on this uh podcast or should i stay away from as that um since we're kind of like a since we're about like a, a month in, like two months after release, I think we'll be all right. We'll yeah. just go, I'm just like, hey guys, spoiler warning right over here. If you want to skip it, um, maybe fast forward for like the next five minutes. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, and it's, it's something that's been going around uh, online kind of anyway since the uh, the Japanese release. But um, just um, in uh, chapter 12, you know, there uh, some uh, certain... Uh, fan favorite characters shall we say make yeah. a dramatic return um and just uh getting to getting to read that and know about about that before anything about this game had even come out and like getting to um translate that those those scenes in particular that was like really cool for me um i i'm, I'm like a big story guy so like I really enjoy working on like the like the main story part of the game. Um, mm -hmm. So just like seeing seeing all these little connections that they're dropping to like the the, the previous titles, like um, Song Hui mentioning uh, um, um, the fixer and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, they're like mm -hmm. throwing throwing back to Yakuza Six. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So and especially because um, Yakuza Six was was my personal uh, introduction to um, the Yakuza series, so that kind of holds mm -hmm. a special place uh, uh, in my heart. Um, yeah. Before that, did you actually play it? Were you a player of the Yakuza games? So I was not. I have to have to confess. Um, I was one of those people who uh, was aware of the series, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's just Grand Theft Auto in Japan, whatever. That's it, it, it's, it's it's not really kind of game um, for me, and so I never really touched it. Um, but then um, I got assigned to Yakuza Six, and I was like, well, all right, I guess guess I'm doing this, um, <laughs> and. Uh, me and one of the other uh, editors at the time, uh, John Riesenbach, you may have seen him on Twitter as well. Um, we were both kind of uh, assigned to uh, spearhead that game. And we just kind of went in a, went in a room for a week and played through the, the entire game. Neither of us had, had touched Yakuza game before, and we were just like blown away. Um, it's, I mean... We had like kind of heard uh, some some words being thrown around about it, like like around the office from people working on uh, Y Zero and, and Kiwami, but just like so I, I I know like Yakuza Six uh, is not like I I feel like it's not like the most beloved among the fans, but for me because that was like my introduction and just like the the whole like cinematic presentation of that game was just mm -hmm. like so powerful. Um, and so that's it's always going to kind of hold, hold this this special uh, meaning to me. Just all the the whole experience of working on that game was just fantastic. I mean, personally, Yakuza Six was the first Yakuza that got me to like completely break down and cry. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it definitely has has that that power. Like I was gut wrenched by by the end of that game. Mm -hmm. And and just I was going back to the end of this whole, game, so yeah. Going back to the whole uh, your favorite scene, uh, I, I I think I hit that scene as of again as of recording. Like what was it two three days ago? Uh, Daniel, you were you were mm -hmm. in chat, and like I oh man, 
<laughs> oh, I had a moment. <laughs> he literally had to pause oh, yeah. his stream just to take it all in. Yeah, that's that's that was such a crazy moment. Even even like in the office, I was like, when I when I got to that part, I was like, standing up and like just like shouting to Scott, like, "Dude, the boys are back." Yes. <laughs> like uh, we didn't even know whether or not they were they're gonna gonna show up in in that game. Mm -hmm. I was I was convinced that they weren't. I because I I was convinced like, oh yeah, no, this is a new story, new protagonist. They might do some like funny callbacks as like a reference. But nothing like explicit. Exactly. Yeah, we we were in the same boat, so it was it was really fun uh, getting to getting to experience that from from the localization side. Uh, curiosity, do you plan to kind of go back to the original, uh, like from zero and one through five, in the future, just to kind of get the full context? I have played zero. Um, I, I I would definitely love to play the rest of the games. Um, it's just like the backlog is like a mile long. Yeah. It's just like and, a question of and, like, and those games are not those games are not short. So exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely would like to to, to get to them at some point because they're they're just just a delight. Um, and there's so much just like lore that I I would I'd like to catch up on. So we got uh, two more questions for you. Uh, these are ones you've been really looking forward to asking. So Antonio, we'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, oh, the last two? Yeah. Yes. Or unless you have uh, one more you want to ask before that. Uh, well, I mean, there might be a couple more that come in during the course of conversation. But of course, uh, we got to start it off with, if you could sit and just have a drink with like any one character from the Yakuza universe, who would you, who would you want to hang out with? Ooh. That is a good question. Um, you know, uh, even though um, he hasn't featured that prominently in the in the uh, more recent games, it, I'm, I might honestly say uh, Akiyama. I, he's just so cool. Uh, he's so so smooth. I, I just feel like he'd be a great a great person to just sit down and have a chat with. You know, if you were <laughs> having money troubles, I'm sure he'd sure he'd cut you alone. Um, <laughs> that that was actually that I completely agree. That would be my choice. Although I'll admit, partially because it's like, oh, you got the bill, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But I mean, like Ichiban would be a pretty solid choice too. I think you know, I'm, you could talk about games with him. Oh man, show, like, that, show him some that, of the new titles. I don't know. Yeah. I, I personally would love to get a drink with uh, Igami personally because I just that that's I think he's just as smooth as Yakiyama, but he's so un un unnervously cool to me for some reason. It's the leather yeah, jacket. Is... It's, yeah, it's the leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, Yagami is a super cool dude. I would definitely drink with him. Now, this one might be a little harder to uh, answer for me personally, but do you have a favorite Yakuza karaoke song? Ooh. Um, well, you know, I I love a good uh, Dame Dade as much as anyone else. Um <laughs> I also have a, a very uh, I'm I'm particularly partial to um, Hell Stew in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, that song is just hilarious. Ever since I, I heard it in the Japanese, I was like, oh my god, I hope we can we can we can do this song justice. Um, and I, I I think we did. Hopefully, uh, you guys agree. Um, I completely do. Actually, I kind of want to ask about that. Um, you know. Definitely, some of those songs, especially the one you just mentioned, Bakumitai, that has taken such a like a life on its own. Was there kind of any pressure to 
when making this song into English, was there kind of like any like idea like, oh man, I hope we don't screw this up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's such a like a like a treasured song among the Oxid fandom that we really wanted to make sure that um, we did that one um, justice. Um, you know, I mean, you you just kind of have to when you when you're in this position, you just kind of have to have to do it. Um, we just gave it our all, and uh, with uh, I mean, with Greg Chun singing it, you can't really go wrong. Um, that guy. Oh. It's just uh, he, he he has such a um, um such a good singing voice. I could listen to that guy talk all day. Oh yeah, um, I I've seen his uh his English and he actually posted a Japanese version on Twitter as well. And both of them, oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. Dropping the amazing. Huge mm-hmm. shout out to Greg Chung for just a stellar performance of that one. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that full version of that song personally. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that. That would be amazing. I, 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 would, I would love to do that. <laughs> what, about you, what about you, Daniel? Oh, me? Yeah. Okay, well, I, you know what? I had to say, I, I'm going to be that basic guy over there. I'm going to say Bakimitai. Ever since I first heard it in Yakuza 0, it's just something that's stuck with me ever since. The Just the, the emotion of that song, and the, it's just... It, that is absolutely my favorite song, and when I saw that there was going to be an English version of that, um, that was going to be, <laughs> no, not to like scare you down, but that was going to be the thing that was going to judge it the harshest on. <laughs> I, I completely uh, um, understand 100%. I mean, you know, we're we're all game players ourselves, um, and mm-hmm. we, we we understand how like passionate people get about, um, mm-hmm. you know, their, their their favorite games, and I I would whole if i was not working on this I, w- I would hold whoever was to the exact same standard so but that, that being said you guys absolutely killed it for me so you know thank I you i am now a fan uh what about you Antonio? Glad since, to you hear brought, that. since you brought down me uh for me it, it has to be like i i do enjoy me uh Abakami tai but uh, for me, it was actually a song that I didn't know was going to be in Yakuza 7. Uh, but as soon as I saw it, like I jumped for joy, uh, like a butterfly. Oh, yes. Oh, the Japanese Evanescence. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know if the original designers of the song made this intentional, but um, both the special movie and like just the tone of the song really, for me, harkens back to a an old school Japanese duo called Move, who did some of the openings for like Initial D and whatnot with uh, the combination of the female singing voice and the male rapping voice. And it like, it, it hits all of those right notes for me. Uh, doubly so because of the tone that was used in both the Japanese and the English versions of the songs where like, Ichiban and Eddie, it, it sounds less like a professional production and more of just two friends going wild on a karaoke night. And it just, it <laughs> makes me smile. That's great. Yeah. I, I love that song too. Um, that's, a, that's a really interesting uh, connection you brought up with uh, Initial D too. Mm. All right. Um, I know that I said it was the last question, but this one is kind of like, I just want to, I want people to know like what it's really like. Um, what are some difficulties the average gamer wouldn't know about when it comes to localizing a game? Um, 
That's a good question. Um, so uh, I think what kind of, uh, I don't want to say gets swept under the rug, but is kind of like invisible to uh, a lot of players that there's a lot of work that goes on outside of just translating the text and uh, hmm. adapting it uh, into English. Uh, kind of going back to Yakuza 6. Um, so that game was uh, kind of um, an interesting spot because um, at that point, we had not sort of caught up as much to the Japanese uh, releases. And so um, when we were starting localization, we already had access to essentially um, the finished retail game um, that we were mm -hmm. playing through. And as we were doing that, we were kind of taking notes um, about uh, sections of the game where we would kind of need to change or add something that wasn't present in the Japanese version. Um, we call these uh, spec changes. Um, hmm. And so that could um, be anything like, hey, in this scene, there's like some, like a, like a sign or some kind of text on screen that's like written in Japanese. And so it's not subtitled, but an English player is going to need a subtitle here. So we need to add, add something there. Um, to stuff like um, uh, in the live chat, um, I'm sure <laughs> you, um, we had um, the Lenny face that like uh, emote that that we, we we had to like specifically request that that to be added to the to the game's font table um, <laughs> because mm. it did not support those characters to begin with, uh, and uh, John. Uh, specifically wanted to, to have it in there because that was kind of like a that was that was really popular kind of in uh english internet culture at the time and so he he wanted to um to make sure that 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 got in there um and just, just like a, a lot of other little like little things that like you wouldn't necessarily think about having to put in there but um adding it can really just kind of um make the experience more natural to, to a to a native speaker like uh in the baseball mini game um, we actually um, requested them to put in a backwards K character to like indicate uh, when there's a. I'm sorry, I, I'm not a sports person. I don't remember what that means, but it's like some some kind of getting a getting a strikeout symbol, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the in the Japanese version, they were able to just use like um, a single kanji to uh, represent that, but obviously we couldn't fit that. Like like if we had to write it out, it wouldn't. We, we wouldn't have anywhere near enough space, but then uh, John John is making the sports, and he's like, "Hey, can we get the get the backwards K?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." Um, what else? Uh, oh yeah, in the in the spearfishing mini game, um, mm. we actually requested them to change some of the controls, I believe, for the Western release because um, they had they had like the shoot and reload on uh, circle and X. But um, rather than just swapping those like we usually do in the West, we actually had them uh, move the reload button to square to kind of um, be mm -hmm. more in line with um, Western first-person shooters. Um, yep. We thought that might be a little more more natural. Yeah. So just just things like that are like um, um, you know how uh, for the for the chapter titles um, we always uh, do the thing where you like leave the Japanese uh, chapter title in, and then it'll kind of like fade out and then the english name will, uh, will appear that's like a thing we have mm -hmm. to like ask um the devs to do because in, in in the japanese game it just shows the japanese title and fades away and that's it 
Um, but yeah, um, we, we kind of felt like that would, it'd be cool to leave the original Japanese text in there and kind of have this uh, kind of effect where you're like seeing the Japanese and then seeing the translation come up like as if you're reading uh, the Japanese text. Wow. Um, that's really fascinating. I didn't, I had no idea there's so much work that get, went behind that. Um, it, it's, it's funny because like all details like those where I'm just saying they're like, oh yeah, no, this feels so natural. It, mm -hmm. it, it really is like details like that where it doesn't get, it doesn't get noticed just because it's so easy to like just gloss over and be like, oh yeah, no, this is how it's just supposed to be. Yeah, it's 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 really hard like walking that fine line of like trying to bring it bring the content to the English audience without going too far and like localizing it too much. You, you want to kind of mm -hmm. do this, do this balancing act. Mm -hmm. uh, so Dan, I just want to say me and Antonio speaking as huge Yakuza fans, we absolutely appreciate you and your team for everything you do, bring in this series to the West. Um, and we hope to continue supporting you as you kind of work on not just Yakuza games, but other games in general. And once again, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk to us uh, this week. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it was re really, really fun hanging out and talking. Um, and, and once again, I'm just so thrilled to, to hear that you're uh, uh, big fans of our games. And I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to showing you guys what's what's next. We have we can't wait. wait yeah <laughs> don't don't tease us like that like we'll be like dumping <laughs> everything in a flash talk to you about what you guys have next trust us mm -hmm. yeah um before we uh end uh please is there any way for our listeners to like reach you on like social media please plug away uh yeah you can find me on twitter at uh sensei hanzo um no no space or dashes s-e-n-s-e-i-h-a-n-z-o okay and antonio go ahead and uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And you can find myself at twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one and on Twitter as at perpetual player. And please don't forget to follow our official podcast Twitter at NGP Productions. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting to our, listen to our podcast. And if you really, really, really like us, please share with your friends. It will really help us grow. And uh, as always, guys, stay safe, stay indoors, wear your masks, but always continue to do amazing things. And we'll see you on the next episode of New Game Plus. Bye, everybody. See ya.